This episode of the Mainly Plants podcast is sponsored by Health IQ, an insurance company that helps health-conscious people like whole food plant-based, vegans, runners, cyclists, weightlifters, and vegetarians get lower rates on their life insurance. Go to healthiq.com slash MPP, as in Mainly Plants podcast. That's healthiq.com slash MPP. To support the show and see if you qualify today. Ooh, it's the Mainly Plants Podcast. My name is Ryan Furman. I'm a certified plant-based nutritionist and personal trainer. Website is mainlyplants.com. Social media at mainlyplants. Get a hold of me through those places. Or you can email me, ryan at mainlyplants.com. Send me your questions. Send me your comments. Send me your concerns. Whatever you got, I'm happy to help, happy to answer. So apologies for no podcast last week. Uh, I actually got sick. It's funny. I was just saying how I never get sick, and then I got a little bit under the weather. I wouldn't say it was a full-blown sick. I wouldn't say full-blown cold, um, but uh, I got something in my sinuses that lasted for like two days, and then I'm, I still have like a little bit of the residuals, like the gunk, you know, still clearing out, but man, I can't remember the last time I actually had like a full-blown cold. Before I went uh, plant-based, I used to get sick at least once a year, usually once a year, sometimes twice. But it was like a, a terrible fucking cold that would last at least a week. I'd be knocked on my ass for a week. Couldn't get out of bed, just miserable. Um, and now, if I do get under the weather, it's like a two-day thing. And I can still function pretty well. Um, but it's kind of in and out. So another big bonus for going plant-based is it, it ups your immune system. And you always hear me say that 80% of your immune system is in your gut. Now institutions, you know, big medical institutions are just starting to, to maybe not necessarily realize it, maybe they are, but kind of uh, let the public know. This has been known for a long time. If you did your research, if you talked to a, a plant-based professional, or even just a, a professional dietitian or, or a certified nutritionist, this is not news. But the, the vast majority of your immune system comes from your gut health. So that's kind of what we're talking about today. And we're going to be talking about your microbiome and prebiotics and probiotics. Okay. So all animals and plants establish this kind of symbiotic relationship with microorganisms. microorganisms. And within us, there are trillions of good bacteria and it could possibly be bad bacteria in our gut. And it's kind of just not really thought about, right? the metabolizing, metabolizing, the detoxifying. And, and this is a critical component of our diet and of the way that our bodies work. Now, the health-promoting effects of our good bacteria, like I said, include boosting your immune system. And they also improve digestion and absorption. And they make vitamins. They potentially inhibit the growth of potential pathogens if you have a good gut flora. And thus, it keeps us from feeling bloated, from getting sick, stuff like that. Now, if bad bacteria becomes prevalent in your gut, they can produce carcinogens. 
carcinogens are cancer-causing agents, disease-promoting bacteria. And they can putrefy the protein in our gut, produce toxins, totally screw up our bowel function, and cause infections. Now, the, um, the good bacteria that lives in symbiosis within us are largely nourished by a plant-based diet, a whole food plant-based diet. And conversely, the, the disease-causing bacteria that can disrupt our microbiome is fed by animal products, right? Meat, dairy, eggs, junk food, fast food, all the bullshit that I always talk about that you shouldn't be eating. So let's talk about prebiotics. What are prebiotics? Now, prebiotics are a type of dietary fiber that feed the good bacteria in your gut. Conversely, they can feed bad bacteria. So when somebody says, should I be eating uh, prebiotic foods? It depends. It depends on what your diet is. It depends on what your microbiome is like. If you eat uh, a diet that uh, that's rooted in animal-based products, like most of the vast majority of Americans, then prebiotics can actually strengthen the, that bad gut bacteria. So you would want to change your diet first, and then you could add the prebiotics in there because you don't want to you don't want to amp up the the, the bad um, the bad gut bacteria in your stomach. So what it does, what what prebiotics do is they help the gut bacteria produce nutrients for your colon cells and can lead to a healthier digestive system provided you have that healthy gut flora. Now, some of these nutrients include short-chain fatty acids um, like acetate and other things of that nature. Now, these fatty acids can also be absorbed into the bloodstream and improve metabolic health. Now, however, prebiotics should not be confused with probiotics, which we'll get to in a second. But you might be asking yourself, Ryan, what are some good prebiotic foods? There are a few, and some of them are very obscure. Chicory root. Chicory root kind of tastes like coffee, and it's a great source of prebiotics if you can find it. Dandelion greens, they're not so much sold in like your typical um, grocery store, but health food stores usually have them. I know farmer's markets have them a lot, and they're great in, in salads. The Jerusalem artichoke, um, you might also see it known as the earth apple. It provides about 2 grams of dietary fiber per 100 grams. So they've also been shown to increase the friendly bacteria in the colon even better than the chicory root that I talked about just a second ago. The Jerusalem artichoke does not look like an artichoke. It looks more like, um, God, it looks like kind of like um, a, ch a big chunk of, of ginger or something like that. They don't look like artichokes at all. So, and, and you, typically you can find those at farmer's markets, at health food stores. Sometimes places like Sprouts or Whole Foods will have them. But you'll definitely be able to find this one, garlic. Garlic is a great prebiotic as well, as well as onions. So both of those. Pretty much anything in that, uh, that alumum family. So leeks as well are, are great. Asparagus is another great prebiotic, and it is super tasty. I love asparagus. You can eat this however you want to. For some reason, 
It only affects 50% of the population, or about 50%, in terms of making your pee smell. So if you can't stand the way that artichokes make your pee smell, there are other options like I'm talking about. Um, but asparagus is one of my favorites. It's a very versatile food. Um, it does make my pee smell, but whatever. I don't really care. Bananas are another great prebiotic. Barley, oats, apples. So all these things, right, that you maybe didn't know are prebiotics are prebiotics. Cocoa. Cocoa beans are great prebiotic. And flax seeds. Flax seeds you can sprinkle on, sprinkle on your salad. They are, if you crush up flax seeds and, and mix them with water, they become a great egg substitute. Jicama. Jicama is a great vegetable. Um, doesn't really have much of a taste. What I like to do is I like to peel it. It comes kind of like in a, it looks like a big brown ball, but when you peel it, it's white. doesn't really taste like much. It's super crunchy, super high in water content, but it's a great prebiotic. I use this, you can use it as, if you julienne it, you can make a, use it like as, use it as a raw main, like a raw noodle for raw vegetable main dishes. You can also use it just in chunks for uh, hummus. It's delicious that way. Seaweed is a great prebiotic. So there's a whole lot of them out there, right? Um, choose your, pick your poison. It might be a bad example, but, or a bad slogan, but there are a lot of them. You're probably already eating a lot of them and you didn't already notice it. You didn't even know, right? So that was prebiotics. Now we move on to probiotics, but not before I talk to you about Health IQ. All right. Health IQ is a fantastic company. If you don't know what it is, please, please listen up because I've been I've been talking for a while about a company that needs to come along exactly like this. You've heard me say before that there needs to be a company that rewards you for living a healthy lifestyle. Right. All these companies, all these health companies, all these um, healthcare companies, health insurance, life insurance, they don't really take into account how you live your life. They just kind of look at the numbers and they don't look at anything deeper than that. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health conscious people like vegans, like whole food plant-based, like weightlifters. And what they do is they really look into the details. So they have certain underwriting advantages like family history. And they reduce your chance of being penalized for adverse family history if you are an otherwise healthy person, right? They also look at your low resting heart rate. Most carriers will penalize people if their heart rate is too low. And Health IQ helps those same carriers recognize that it's a sign of excellent health and fitness if you are indeed um, in good health. They look at your BMI, right? <coughs> BMI can't tell the difference between muscle and fat. For instance, me being 6'2", 200 pounds, I, my BMI, if I calculate it, shows me as overweight. But I'm not. I'm just more muscular than the average person. And Health IQ works with carriers to ensure strength trainers have a BMI buffer to account for their muscle. And most importantly, Health IQ has plant-based diet recognition, and they've convinced carriers to provide special rates for those who've chosen a plant-based diet. That's super important. If you have a family, if you're the head of the family, you need life insurance. Now, to see if you qualify and to get a quote today and to support the show, 
head on over to healthiq.com slash MPP for Mainly Plants Podcast. That's healthiq.com slash MPP or mention code word MPP when you talk to a uh, telephone agent today. Get on over there, fill out an application. It's totally free. It doesn't lock you into anything and it'll help you find out if you can get a lower rate, okay? So probiotics, what are they? Probiotics are live bacteria and yeasts and are beneficial to our health. Now, especially, like I said, in our gastrointestinal tracts. Probiotics may reduce the risk of upper respiratory tract infections and help boost the immune system. Now, only 1 in 10 of the cells in your body is human. That's weird, right? The other 90% are bacteria. We have about 100 trillion of them on us, on our skin, and in us. The human colon is considered the most biodense ecosystem in the world. And we're just kind of along for the ride. We exist as one big superorganism. Now, it's a mutually beneficial symbiotic relationship, typically. Now, collectively, our gut bacteria weigh as much as one of our kidneys and are, uh, and are as metabolically active as our liver. Think about that. You have so much bacteria in your gut that it weighs as much as a kidney. Now, considering these are microscopic things, that's a shit ton. No pun intended. Now, they affect our immune system, and we just found out that if you give probiotics to kids, they don't get sick as much. And our gut bacteria affect our hormonal balance, and they can affect our energy balance. And they can also affect if we become obese or not. There are some species of bacteria better at extracting calories from our feces than others. Now, when you poop out calories, they end up in a, to- in a toilet rather than our hips, right? But there are certain obesity-associated bacteria with an increased capacity for energy harvest. Now, our bodies are trying to get rid of fecal matter. That's what that's, that system's designed to do. But certain bacteria in our colon can take our waste and break it down even further and release calories that are then absorbed back into our bloodstream. So here, our body is trying to get rid of it all. And the calories are just circulating right back. Now, this was originally all based on uh, moose studies. So we didn't really think anything of it, right? But finally, recently, there is some human data. And as a matter of fact, the type of bacteria in our guts is related to our body weight and our weight gain. Now, that got some researchers in Australia mulling things over. Maybe one of the reasons vegetarians are so much slimmer on average is because their diets foster more of the lean type of bacteria rather than the obese type. And that's exactly what they found. They took a bunch of fecal samples from vegetarians. Now, mind you, this is not whole food plant-based, which is even better, but from vegetarians. And they did some DNA testing. And they compared it to uh, omnivore feces, poop, right? And found significantly more of the lean type bacteria, suggesting a smaller capacity for energy gain from food in vegetarians. Now, how much smaller, you might be asking? It's about 2% of daily caloric intake. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but it just happens automatically while we sleep, okay? While we're just doing our daily shit, and it adds up over time. (coughs) Over a year, 
that may come out to five pounds of fat. And that might not sound like a lot either, but that's exactly how much people tend to put on annually during the midlife years. So if you are, you know, in your middle years, typically you're going to put on five pounds. And just by eating the appropriate type of foods and getting the, the, the lean gut bacteria, you're keeping that weight off just by doing nothing. So that's, I mean, if you think about that, it's like getting free exercise. So that could explain why those eating vegetarian don't seem to get that age-related weight gain that affects the rest of the population, never mind whole food plant-based. So where was I? They, probiotics can also help prevent um, antibiotic-associated diarrhea and speed recovery from acute gastroenteritis. Now, one study found that a month of probiotics can significantly decrease anxiety, depression, anger, and hostility symptoms. So if you're taking, you know, um, psychoactive drugs that, you know, maybe your, your psychiatrist um, prescribed to you, this is huge for you, right? Because from what I've heard, you know, they are very, they're mood altering, but they, they change your personality. And I'm, by no means am I saying get off your drugs. What I'm saying is perhaps add in probiotics, change your diet, and then work with your medical professional to get off of those medications, right? Nobody, nobody wants to be on medication. The idea is to not have to take any medications. So what I'm trying to say is that even something as small in your brain as probiotic intake can have drastic effects on not only your immune system, but also your mental health, okay? There's also, it's also been shown that uh, lactobacillus, which is a type of probiotic, can help with childhood asthma. So nature gives us all these tools to keep our bodies healthy, to not only set us up for good health, but to help get us back to good health when we get off track. Now, probiotic bacterial survival is likely best when provided within 30 minutes before or simultaneously with a meal or beverage that has some fat. Though foods may be better carriers for probiotics than supplements, if one does choose to go with supplements, you might be asking yourself, should they be taken before, during, or after meals? Now, when it comes to probiotic supplements sold in capsules, the commercial literature is often very confusing in that sometimes the consumer is instructed to take the probiotics with meals, sometimes before or sometimes after meals, and occasionally on an empty stomach. So what the fuck do you do, right? It's led to a lot of confusion for the consumer. Now, there wasn't a whole lot of studies done on this question until just recently. Now, to be able to measure probiotic concentrations minute by minute throughout the entire process, these researchers had to build a fake digestive tract, right? A fake stomach, a fake intestines, uh, but complete with real saliva, saliva and digestive enzymes, acid, bile, stuff like that. And what they found is that the survival of three different types of probiotics before, during, and after meals, and separately in oatmeal and milk, milk alone, apple juice, and water, is that 
probiotic bacterial survival was best when provided within 30 minutes before or simultaneously with a meal or beverage that contained some fat content. Okay, so all the nonsense aside, what it comes down to is have your probiotics 30 minutes before or right with your meal and a meal that has some fat. So olives, um, avocado, if you are not on an oil-free diet, a little bit of olive oil or sesame oil or what have you. You, you got, if you have you listened to the podcast before, you know what foods have fat in them, I'm assuming. I would hope so. If you don't, go back and listen to the podcast on fats. But um, that's how you're going to get the most out of your of your probiotic foods and your supplements. So don't just piss it away, or I guess more appropriately would be shit it away. Know how to take them, okay? Now, while taking probiotic supplements may boost beneficial bacteria, eating a plant-based diet will do so as well. Now, our flora's digestion of fiber also yields another short-chain fatty acid called butyrate, which may fight against cancer by slowing the growth of colon cancer cells and activating programmed cancer cell death, as well as preventing cancer in the first place. Now, that same butyrate may explain why fiber-filled plant-based diets are so anti-inflammatory. There was a recent review concluded that butyrate seems to exert broad anti-inflammatory activities and might be a good candidate to evaluate in the fight against obesity associated with systemic inflammation in general. Now, they're alluding to using it as some kind of supplement, but we can produce more on our own naturally using one very key trick, okay? Eat more plant-based foods. Butyrate is a byproduct of fiber digestion, and a whole food plant-based diet has a lot of fiber in it. So just by eating, it's, it's, it's hard, you know, when I, when I talk about this kind of stuff, it's hard to stay on one line because when you eat a whole food plant-based diet, it's a spider web of positive benefits and they're all connecting to each other. But strictly speaking about probiotics, when you eat a whole food plant-based diet, there's, you're getting a shit ton of fiber and probiotics are a byproduct of that. So just by changing your diet, not only are you getting the countless other benefits for, for you know, not even thinking about it, and I, for free basically, just great byproducts, but you're also getting this. You're also getting heavy doses of probiotics just by eating stuff that you would normally eat on a whole food plant-based diet anyway. Now, what should you be eating that are necessarily probiotic rich foods, right? Because, you know, you can eat fiber and stuff, but it's good to have those probiotic rich foods on top of it. Well, pretty much anything fermented, okay, sauerkraut, tempeh. If you don't know what tempeh is, it is kind of like a, like a, a brick of fermented soybeans. You can find it with the tofu in most stores. Uh, it's got kind of like an earthy, nutty taste. I put my, I cube mine and I put it in the air fryer and I put it in my salad. Or you can shred it. You can use it as like fo uh, uh, foam meat in like tacos and stuff. You can marinate it and cut it up that way. You can find tempeh bacon in stores and you can, you know, fry up in a pan. It's really good. I, I, most people don't have any problem with it. Kimchi, which is fermented sauerkraut. Kombucha, which is a fermented drink. 
A lot of people have a hard time when they first start drinking kombucha. There are a lot of different brands and they vary in taste and strength. So I would recommend trying a few different brands out to see which one you like if you've never tried kombucha before. If you're totally lost, email me. I'd be happy to suggest some brands to you. Pickles. Pickles. If You have to find the pickles that are in the refrigerated section though. Like Boobies is my favorite pickle brand. They do not pay me to say this. But the ones that you find that are, are not refrigerated are not probiotic rich. They have to be fr um, refrigerated, fermented, pickled cucumbers. Uh, in the same regard, a lot of supermarkets are stocking like probiotic rich krauts. So I talked about sauerkraut, but you'll find like jars and bags of, of krauts that are flavored different ways. Like there's a dill garlic one, there's a spicy sriracha one, and they'll say like live cultures or probiotic rich um, right there on the bag. And they're, these are krauts that are, that are specifically designed to have a, a higher probiotic yield to them. Miso and miso soup are both probiotic rich. Dark chocolate, kvass, which I've never actually drank before because I drink so much kombucha, um, but uh, you can give it a whirl. And apple cider vinegar. I do a swig of apple cider vinegar a day. You can do a couple tablespoons in water and drink it. Um, it also helps you burn fat, so um, that's always a benefit. Just don't have it on an empty stomach. A lot of people, it's too hard on uh, harsh on an empty stomach for them. So I sincerely hope that you guys will take this into consideration. Start eating more whole food plant-based foods. Start eating more probiotic-rich foods. Start getting those prebiotics in there if you already have a healthy gut flora. If you don't have a healthy gut flora, you should be writing me an email right now and setting up a free phone consultation with me. Ryan at MainlyPlants.com. Along with any questions, comments, concerns, go ahead and check out HealthIQ.com MPP. Helps me out, helps you out. Um, so don't forget that. And until next week, go eat a salad. <laughs>